Welcome to the I Don't Know podcast. This is Ali speaking. And in this episode, we're going to be taking you on a journey through the universe and through the structures which exist within our minds, but we don't get the time to explore them. One of the main reasons Tanya and I decided to start this podcast was because we would find ourselves speaking about all of these existential topics in casual conversation. And that's what this episode is going to be about. We're going to be speaking about superstructural realities, about imagination and creativity, about personal identity, social media, big corporations, and all this juicy stuff. In fact, we even get to a little bit of, you could say, conspiracy zone, but we will find out why the word conspiracy does not have a negative connotation. So make sure to stick around till the very end because we also have some special special segments in this like why we thought of the name the i don't know podcast and the significance behind that anyway that's enough for the intro enjoy the podcast welcome to the second episode of the i don't know podcast i'm ali i'm tanya that was the most stereotypical introduction we could have done but hey sue me i mean okay. you can't sue anyone in india though so i'll try so what's up how are you tired exhausted how really? are you yeah Oh damn, I am pretty good. This is the best I felt in the past three days. And I just decided that I was going to feel good. Because if I weren't feeling good, then the podcast wouldn't be fun. So You're like jumping up the walls. That Gatorade is not helping. Is it? Not sponsored. <laughs> not yet. We will be though. <clears throat> so, what did you do today? I didn't do much. Uh, I played basketball in the morning. You did? Yeah. Oh, wow. After okay. a while. Mm. That was good. And then I had classes. It's a Saturday and I had online classes, which uh, you missed. Yeah. You missed them. What did we have? <laughs> we had psychology. No, we didn't have psychology. We had no. English. And yeah, I was just lazing around. Did nothing much. Okay. We're off to a great start. We are? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... I know you have some th- stuff you want to talk about. Let's get into it. What do you want to talk about? Okay, so we had a conversation the other day about creativity. Yes. And inspiration and how it's all tied together. So let's start there. Okay, let's do it. Start with luck. Do you think luck is a thing? <sighs> do I think luck is a thing? Okay. I'm going to preface this conversation with something which I think will tie everything together. Okay. And it's funny that I use that analogy or metaphor there because that's what it's just what it has to do with luck. And um it's the same thing which ties everything together otherwise as well. Okay. And that is that uh the universe as we know it mm-hmm. and everything in it is all based inside nothingness. Space. Yeah. Correct. Um so nothingness is the canvas on which everythingness happens and is possible. Okay. Okay. Now just keep that in mind. To relate it to luck, um usually people think that luck is this event, this chance event which happens at certain times where things just conspire and they work for you. Where it's a matter of odds, mm-hmm. correct? But I think that luck is actually about perspective. 
Right. Go on. I am going to go. <laughs> so yeah, luck is about perspective. What I mean by that is, you only consider yourself lucky when you think something happens which it shouldn't have, or the chances of it were happening were very less. Hmm. But if you just shift your perspective and look at it differently, the fact that you wake up in the morning—that's lucky because you could have just stopped breathing. A, yeah. n- a million number of things could have happened within your body that you just wouldn't have um, woken up in the morning. And I think there's a statistic like a few hundred thousand people just don't wake up. Really? Yeah. That's so just one way people die. They just die off in their sleep. Yeah. I mean, it's usually because they're old and stuff. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, so that's one example that if you just change your perspective to see that okay. Everything that is happening around me is actually just because of pure luck. The mm. fact that we're sitting in these chairs and not floating into space, the fact that gravity is working the way it's working, the fact that we are exactly the right amount of distance away from the sun that we need to be, otherwise we would melt. Otherwise, mm. all the water would evaporate. The Earth, as we know it, would end. That's all coincidence and pure luck, or it's not. I was just going to say if everything is luck doesn't that nullify in itself. Exactly, that would mean yeah. that there is no luck. Mhm. Yeah, and so um another thing which we can talk about if you want is about paradoxes. Hmm. Right? Because we both know that um within the universe there's a lot of paradoxes. Yeah. Mhm. Go on, you can take that forward. But I think before paradoxes I want to talk about luck hmm. and relate that to creativity. Okay. Right. Go on. What do you mean? So when you look at all of these geniuses in the world, just just straight up geniuses, okay? Mm-hmm. They've done some great stuff, maybe they've made masterpieces. They may be songwriters, whatever. Yeah. How does that happen? And why right. does it not happen to other people? Right. Is it inherent? Is mm-hmm. it cultivated? Is it luck? How do you distinguish between that? Ooh. That's that's a that's a pretty big question just because of the different perspectives that can be tied into that. Yeah. Right? How does that happen, right? Yeah. I do think it's luck. Hmm. Because if we go back to what I said, we could define everything which happens as being lucky. Now, but I'm still going to explain how I think uh it is lucky. So Let's take the example of Van Gogh, brilliant artist, Starry Night. He made that painting and a lot of people know that. Yeah. Not everyone knows it, obviously, but anyone who's had access to it knows that. Who's a part of the art and culture scene. Yes, is acquainted exactly. with that, yeah. Now, you know, why why just limited to artists? Let's speak about everyone who ever who has ever had an idea or everyone who um society holds as a significant figure. Right. Well, you need to be born. That's the That's luck. That's completely That's pure luck. Pure luck yeah. and pure coincidence. Now, look at it this way. You being born is not luck because it was probably going to happen anyway. Mhm. The fact that you were born when you bring a you into it, when you bring when you bring an ego into it, an identity an into identity. it. An identity. That's when you start to think that oh wait a second i think there was luck involved here because it happened to me hmm but could have happened to anyone else you wouldn't even have been born so then were you not lucky then mm-hmm. so luck only comes into play firstly when there is someone a particular 
person involved in it mm-hmm. that's number one to take it forward now which area of the world you are born in what's the culture around there um what period of time yeah the family you're born into the economic status all of that is luck yes all of that is just random yeah and it's luck like you and i we were born at a time where media is kind of in a revolutionary phase with social media and all this stuff happening in in our generation mm. and we're right now doing a podcast about it this yeah. would have been impossible 30 years ago yeah exactly coincidence and luck it plays in that way as well mm. um but to kind of bring it back to your question which was how do these people why these people why not yeah. someone else there's a bit of everything going on mm-hmm. i think firstly you need to be someone who has in inha- who's inha- inherently gifted to do these things okay to a certain extent you need to be gifted okay but then what about the argument that hard work will always beat luck most wait, times wait sorry that's talent hard that. work will always beat talent no i don't agree with that really not always Okay, most of the times then. No. And I'll talk about that. But if you're talented hmm. and if you don't put in the work, I think when it comes to um creativity and making something, hmm. there it's all about alertness, isn't it? Like if you luck is something that passes by yes. in front of you and if you don't act on that, it's just going to pass you by. Like imagine the number of revolutionary ideas being thought of or just passing in people's brains right now at this very moment yep. how many of them are going to be acted upon yes. and how many of them are just going to be mildly acknowledged at the most exactly yep that's something to consider for sure yeah mm so you need an openness to luck don't you think i was going to talk about the qualities which you need if you're going to reach that state of creativity and if you want to be someone who is renowned mm. now personally i don't think being renowned is something which a lot of people should aim for because yeah um people don't really think about what happens after that so i think for people who become famous or who want to become famous in their in a field there's two type of people there's people who want it because of some reasons which they don't know why and there's people who are really made for that they have for it's the written in stone for them yeah it's like everything which happens in your life the way you're raised the amount of attention you get from your parents um the the desire you have to prove yourself to people mm-hmm. if that is your reality then that would be a very viable path for you but if you're someone who is falling into the trap of illusion mm-hmm. and, and fear and fear and chasing after something just because you think you have to chase it then you're probably not going to end up very well that's doing something for the wrong reasons. Yes. Right. Not for the wrong reasons. I just think that it's for the wrong reasons for you. Mhm. You know. Right. Um but yeah, if you want to be a creative person. Mm-hmm. Um and it's interesting that you brought this up because I was thinking about this recently. I've been creating content and just relentlessly. Relentlessly not recently, but I've been doing it for like the past 4 years, yeah. right? I had my vlogs. I had um even before that when I was a kid, I was into dancing. Um I was into just public speaking in general. Yeah. I was into opening things up, putting them back together. We speak about this quite often. Um so yeah, I've I'm just built 
for being creative mm-hmm. there's nothing which satis- which satisfies me more than coming up with an idea which has a purpose behind it and being able to execute it right but to be able to do that you need to be a certain kind of person mm-hmm. um to be able to do anything which requires focus and attention you need to be a certain kind of person you need to have qualities which uh, are aligned with that yeah if you want to be in creative work you need to be open you need to be aware you need to have an understanding of the current times you're in mm-hmm. um you need to be able to assess your situation you, you need to have the will to see it through yeah things are not going to go the way the exact way which you plan it out but do you believe in yourself enough to think that you can push through it and even s- still create something that was that is different to what you had planned before mhm but you're willing to accept that it's going to be good uh, another thing that comes up related to that is when you look at these artists these staggering personalities mm-hmm. who receive all the praise in the world and all the reverence in the world they are not they don't succeed at every single thing they take up on no you, they don't you, they take up sorry so most of your time you're just you're just in practice right so for example like when you when you make vlogs or when you used to make vlogs you you don't have one big video not yet anyway right no. you're never going to have it if you stop making that exactly so it's about it's almost like warm up yes so if you tell us imagine if a sprinter says that or like if jordan says i'm going to play just uh you know the tournaments if he ever said that yeah. and not do practice right you know yeah in creativity and i'm only going to relate it to creativity because that's what i know okay, and that's what fine. i've thought of so far but this could be applied to other things yeah in creativity initially when you start out you obviously are starting for a reason you may just be drawn to it naturally instinctually or chances are you've seen someone do something which you thought was cool and you want to try to emulate it if that's the case you will try to emulate it you may like it you may not like it if you like it you'll want to make a video and depending on the reason depending on your intention as to why you m- created that not just a video why you created whatever you created you'll have parameters which you want to meet through that creation that's the reason why you're doing it hmm a lot of youtubers now youtube is blowing up social media influencers are everywhere right one of the reasons people do that is because of the significance which they think they're going to receive mm-hmm. it's about the number of likes it's about the number of followers um it's about feeling significant about yourself and let's say someone is inspired by a very popular social influencer and they want to have their own instagram page yeah. they put up a post it gets 20 likes they're like only 20 likes but this person mm. is getting a million likes for a photo it's it's the, the need to jump right exactly to where you want to be instantly yes. momentarily which is so detrimental it is that's the worst thing that can possibly mm. happen if you don't look at why it's happening yeah that person who put that post up now they have two things they can do two decisions they can make one of them is going to be like why did this not get as many likes what can mm-hmm. i improve then they put up a next post or they'll just say 
man they'll be so disheartened by this and yeah their their whole idea of it will change and they'll stop yeah and if that's why you went into it then you were never gonna make it anyway so it works out but mm. if you keep going ahead with it even if you don't succeed in it then whatever mm-hmm. your definition of success is if you don't succeed in that you are learning things you are learning how to be good at your craft you're learning how to be good at whatever it is that you're doing unconsciously okay so about that when you say, said that you it's learn what did you say about the craft of it you're learning to be better at it yeah so does everything fall into the category of re- uh, creativity or do we see only certain um activities and jobs as creative does everything fall into the category of creativity yeah because right now when somebody says a creator i think most people would relate that to social media yes. and, you know content creators influencers all Maybe, of that yeah. and and of course artists yes but what about the other stuff example um cooking yeah cooking housework diys is housework creative i think that it can depends be. on your perspective doesn't it uh, uh, yeah depends on your perspective and how you would go ahead and define creativity hmm. but i'm going to digress and okay. bring uh, another perspective to the mix i want you to notice that when we speak about human qualities right now we're speaking about creativity as a human quality hmm. and as something which human beings do it's an action we take either in our mind or with our body but this is my opinion this is my perspective i think that human emotions and human qualities reflect universal qualities give me an example creativity hmm right the earth is creating right the universe is creating and human beings have an ability to channel that with hmm. through their bodies so very interestingly if you notice the things which people find the most beautiful or the pieces of art which overwhelm you completely the closer yeah. you are to universal truths to mm. universal realities the closer your art is to reflect the universe the, the better we think the art is the more you feel the more you feel through that piece of art yes right? so yeah. our definition of what is good art and what is not good art depends on how is based on how we perceive that to reflect the universe to us yeah but then again there's this argument that art is the most subjective thing out there and as pretty as that sounds mm-hmm. um it's also quite individualistic and depends so much on perception we could be staring at the same painting or reading the same poem yes and to you maybe it would bring you to tears mm-hmm. but for me it would just be okay well so what you know so how do you how does each person relate to these universal uh did you say qualities yeah, yeah. i think i think 
the generalization of anything is where we fall into conflict mm-hmm. right just as humans because you can expand this even like politics why do we have all these conflicts and you know uprisings and whatever shit that goes on in countries is because there is one generalized law which maybe caters to the majority hmm. but then again there's a chunk of people who feel like they've been overlooked and unheard yeah that's just an analogy mm-hmm. but this generalization of things i think that's where the problem arises mm. so if you were to say um this certain thing is universally beautiful yeah and this is a universal truth in terms of art however yeah. you meant it i think that's where things get a little iffy so what about that what if things get iffy no i'm just questioning um your idea of universal just universal okay so just to clarify my idea which we're speaking about is that the closer we are to reflecting the universe in art hmm. leave art even in our lives i think that's how things are meant to be and that's what will give us uh, the peace that we're looking for hmm. now okay. let's speak about what you said the fact that if you were to generalize it through a universal hmm. truth then that's where things would get iffy generalization is not what happens in the universe if you look around everything is different mhm everything is unique rather right. i'd say but everything has a right to exist yeah but isn't everyone's perception of the universe different it is just because we can go back to luck over here just how okay. you're raised yeah. what you're exposed to mm. right we've been raised here this is our environment what about somebody who's been raised in a slum like Correct. what's the universe to them i don't know so 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 then how how are they going to relate to they universal don't have to. yeah okay that's the thing so but then then how does it become universal if it's different for everyone the thing about universality <laughs> that's a word i we're just making it up but it captures what we are trying to uh, explain universality doesn't depend on your perspective hmm. it's something which is already existing okay. now whether you see it or not that's completely up to you hmm. no one i'm not saying that um you need to believe what i say right i don't care if you believe what i say because i think that either throughout your lifetime or in the end this is the perception that people are going to fall into the reason i think this is i think just look at the words which i just said i said i think hmm. whatever we're speaking about is things which we think about and your thought is based on the experiences you've had in your life the information you've consumed hmm. the people which surround you the behavior which you have embodied all the stuff the system through which you think the ways in which you think can be kind of categorized into different levels of consciousness okay okay i think that people exist in different states of consciousness mm. and human beings in general are traveling through an evolution of consciousness and at a certain point we're going to be at a place 
where everything will be different for us mm-hmm. okay and just by observation i can see that in people that people operate differently in their lives if you pay attention enough attention you will see that everyone's behavior is a certain way and then you will start to establish patterns between mm-hmm. um different people and you'll see that okay this is the same as this person now why is this happening think about that more you'll see that so you're saying there are certain things which run through everybody and that's universality no i think that universality is the way that things are outside of human perception even mm. if humans weren't there to perceive it it would still be the same it would still exist the way that it is that's universality the the closer that we get to observing the universe as it is not through the fil- not through the lenses of our illusions or delusions or fear or love or anything like that when we s- begin to see it as it is that is for for its nothingness for its openness that is universality i don't follow <laughs> why not what what don't you understand i don't know it's just not making sense to me what isn't none of it why not i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay it's fine yeah, I know. we can so these things in general are they are difficult to articulate firstly mm-hmm. and they're difficult to understand um and it can take people now for you i think it's just because you you're not able to understand it the way i'm articulating it yeah. but for some people even if i do articulate it beautifully they still won't understand it because this is something which you have to work your way to yeah i have to assume what you're thinking and where you're thinking from where you're speaking from that itself takes a certain level of consciousness to be mm, able to yeah. do people can raise their levels of consciousness if you pay enough attention to what's happening inside you anyway the reason we got to all of this was <laughs> creativity yeah. right i'd say with being creative what's most important is to just stick to it mm just stick to it keep creating even if you fail it's fine because you are actually learning things mm. which you aren't even aware of and yeah. these things are going to aid you in that one project in the future if, if and only if you stick to it okay i have one more thing what do you have about creativity you good yeah <laughs> so creativity is something quite personal right mm. because you can create this video this masterpiece and you put it out right mm. i'm just using you for okay. an example and then it gets all of these likes and then not just likes but people engage with it okay but you're not happy with the video itself correct even if it's super successful okay then that's such an abuse on your creativity you would feel isn't it That so is 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 creativity quiet okay and personal and speaking mm. to you but then again for some people that depends on how it's consumed and how it's received by other people 
Yes. Your creativity. Like, Maybe that's what you're aiming yeah, to create. Your yeah. entire validation comes from other people consuming it and reacting to it positively. Hmm. Even if you're not happy with what you've made. That's a little confusing to me. Because for me, I don't have to put anything out for me to be happy with it. You know, I just have two people or one person I read it to and that's fine. Okay. And that's probably me at my most creative. Okay. So, yeah. So, what about that? Yes, I'm confused about like, how does that work? How is it that some people need to get validation? Validation and some Even if they've made a mediocre work of art. Okay. Right. And they put that out and then it's received well. Okay. Then they feel good, even though it's not a good work of art. Correct. So talking about, if you're talking about art, how how does creativity surround that? Creativity doesn't have anything to do with anyone else seeing it. That's something completely yeah. different. Creativity is just you taking something intangible in your mind and making it completely tangible in this reality. Hmm. Or you can just redefine creativity. Maybe you're trying to just your definition of creativity is imagining something cool. Hmm. Being able to imagine something in the emptiness of your mind. You want to imagine a swimming pool by the beach for some reason. And maybe a palm tree, a bunch of good looking guys or gals or whatever you want. Maybe that's creativity to you. It's extremely subjective, like yeah. you said in the beginning. Um now getting to the part of whether you want to create it just for yourself for the satisfaction of creating or maybe your the way you get your satisfaction is if you get a million views maybe you get a hundred views maybe you mm-hmm. get two views whatever whatever your definition is that is completely dependent on your conditioning right <sighs> but yeah dude <sighs> like social media has completely changed the game mm-hmm <sighs> Um, yeah the conditioning which is doing to people which is being done on to people mm. is so something to think about social media and conditioning mm. social media is only 20 25 years 30 years old if we're considering social media to be this thing on the internet They're less than that less than that yeah possibly um i'm not saying that they may not have been different forms of social media back in the day isn't like Imagine if there were groups where people wrote to each other, <laughs> wrote letters to each other. That would be I social media. Wouldn't it? Yeah, minus the digital aspect of minus it. Minus the digital aspect of it, correct. Yeah. It's, we're at a very interesting crossroad right now. That's what I think. And I want to talk about this. So, did you finish watching The Social Dilemma? Yeah. Right. So, you know, everything which happens in that. It's an interesting time because this information is being brought light. Hmm that now it's not what it used to be before when facebook had just come out when was that messaging service service called before facebook i don't know myspace myspace when myspace was out when that stuff was out it was a messaging service service for people to do over the internet yeah then we had yahoo mail we Mm -hmm. had all this stuff in my perspective what's going on right now with social media is it's being used as a funnel to receive information about people's lives. Right. People you don't know about. People you don't know about. I'm not speaking like you and me. Yeah. 
speaking these huge corporations have all this mm. information how do you know what they're doing with it yeah the thing with snowden just snowden released this what a few years ago and it got proven mm. that what he was saying he blew the whistle and it was true um now i'm not a real conspiracy person about this nor do i really care a lot about the situation emotionally but i do have an idea about what is going to happen go on a prediction of sorts so if you're going to go back to if i want to take us back to the thing which i just said about human evolution mm. the the way which i think human beings are going to evolve is not sensibly people aren't going to go sit and meditate and introspect and be aware about it yeah that would be the best way to go about it fulfill everyone's basic needs so that they just follow up the hierarchy of right. needs and you know they get Everything their shit sorted out would be out. great then exactly but 100% that's not the way it's going to go because that's not the world we live in right now right so people are going to swing like a pendulum mm. they'll go from one extreme to another extreme right now we're in a stage where people are getting their opinions are being extremely separated from each other yeah people who watch things about the color pink only get to see pink pink anyone who watches blue only gets to see blue that's the way algorithms are designed right now um i think that is extremely smart yeah as technology that's genius it is yeah remember i said when it comes to creating something social media was a was an application was a service which was created social media is so much conditioning to people mhm um firstly and it's like let's talk about screens and video okay okay we have five senses uh off of them our eyes and our sense of hearing is the most developed two of them social media can feed you yeah it has audio and it has video now the thing about the human mind in general is that 80% of your brain 80% of your consciousness doesn't understand what is real and what is not real in the sense of when you're watching a video 80% of your mind buys that this thing that you're watching is reality it can't tell the difference hmm that's why when you watch a scary movie you feel scared right because even though consciously you know that none of this is real it's a movie it's being shot the rest of the 80% um buys into overpowers that overpowers your senses almost overpowers yeah. that and if you you can check that up if you want you are already invested in this reality which is uh, which you're perceiving through your screen now what happens is the whole idea of liking posts the whole idea of tagging your friends getting notifications mm-hmm. watching videos watching funny videos all this stuff all that is happening is your mind is being conditioned to spend time on this application yeah. and the application is trying its best to keep you there mm-hmm. because that's how they get paid yeah so when you talk about social media media and the universe I'll mm. try my best to articulate this but it was really late at night and I thought of this analogy. You have it's quite spiritual okay. in approach. So you have the universe, right? And when you talk about manifestation, you're going to it it's basically that what you do you're going to get back. Mhm. Is that it? You know more about that. Not exactly, but okay, but go on. But whatever you put out in, into the universe, mm. you'll receive that back. Okay. If you just um Think just of think that. of that yeah. okay and then social media it's almost like it's a universe in itself but you can manipulate 
what you put out and what you get back mm-hmm. right so the authenticity of that is it's diminished mm-hmm. on social media if you make that analogy yeah um that too is dependent on how the people use it that's how people yeah. have made it to be people have pushed individuals who do all the stuff who do what you're saying who edit their photos who look superhuman hmm. in their like in whatever these this is what we have said we like yeah. and so that has become the expectation of everyone of how hmm. someone should be if they're trying to be let's say popular on social media um but the point is the prediction which i have i want to get to that three things are going to happen because of this uh i was speaking to my brother about this i i don't know if this was mentioned i can't remember did the social dilemma say that there's going to be a civil war oh no it could lead to a civil mm-hmm. war i can see that happening yeah, i can see people sure. being pushed one way the other being people being pushed it's the other right way it's happening right now it's so evident which one people in, being pushed everywhere do you uh, do you have something specific in mind no in i ge- don't think in so general, in you, general you're yeah. seeing that yeah so it can get to a point where there'll be war yeah it's happened before it could happen again and then once usually the way war works is war happens then there's peace hmm it comes to that so this is going to happen and then governments are going to put policies in place where yeah this algorithm is going to have to change and all that stuff it's almost like a social media revolution yes like you said we don't know how to use this application properly it's just a tool we're mm-hmm. the ones who are using it kind of like the human body not a lot of people know what's right for the body do you know exactly what's right to eat you, you can, think you do you think you do because of studies you may have yeah, read how do you know for sure yeah you haven't ran tests on your body even the tests which you may have run you don't know if they're entirely accurate accurate because what if there's something else which we don't know about it so you could believe it hmm. but you can't know for sure yeah um that was the first thing what's the second thing the first prediction yeah so yeah the first prediction is we're going to have a civil war because of this and then wait when do you see that happening is there I don't a specific see it. time no but i wouldn't be surprised yeah yeah post elections maybe that's what yeah. i'm saying I don't I could see I can see so many things happening just tomorrow and I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. America could bomb Iran. I don't I'm not sure <laughs> if I want to put this in, but I wouldn't be surprised if that yeah. happened. Um okay, so the first thing is civil war. The second thing is people can stop and think about how they're using social media, mm. what they're putting their time into, the conditioning that's been happening to them. They can sit, raise their awareness and hear each other out. instead of putting one foot here and being like that's it unfortunately that seems a little unlikely right now completely unrealistic yeah not completely but i don't see it happening overwhelmingly unrealistic yes but it's possible possibility mm. exists that's what you can hope for i guess no i'm not hoping really? for it you you're hoping for civil war i'm not hoping for any of it because mm. i can see all of them happening mm. just depends on what people do Okay. That's the second thing. The third thing which can happen is 
before any of this happens, the government puts their foot in, draws a line in the sand, and they're like, okay, we see this happening. We're going to put policies in place right now. Social media has to abide by this, this, and mm-hmm. this so that we don't get to that place in the first place. That place in the first place. I can see all this stuff happening. And um, see, social media, Amazon, what's another big company you can think of? Think about it. Microsoft, Mm -hmm. Apple. These are the biggest companies of the world. What the biggest companies do is they either provide services or they give you technology. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not sure of why they do it. Do they do it because they think this is going to get them the most money? Mm. Do they do it because they have their own personal agenda? Mm. I don't know. Is it propaganda? Maybe it is. Movies. Mm. That's another industry uh, which we could get into. Movies. (sighs) Yeah. So the movie industry, Hollywood, all this stuff. Why do they create the things they create? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, see... See, over there you draw, you can draw the line because some films come across as though they're just produced um, for lucrative gains. Okay. Right? Yes. And others seem like that's art. That's straight up art. Yep. Right? So I don't think you can ever make a distinction between them. It's so difficult because the former, maybe that is art to someone, you know? The whole process of producing similar films and putting them out and and doing well at the box office, mm-hmm. even though it's a pretty shitty narrative and yeah. quite repetitive, that may be art to them. Mm-hmm. Just doing that constantly. Okay, this is beautiful. What I just thought of, I had an idea. Mm. See, we could carry on this conversation about what you're speaking about, but we'll reach the point where we'll say we don't know for sure. Yeah, and we'll both agree that that's the right answer yeah. there. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter whether you know or you don't know because that's not what defines what happens. What defines it is what do people do? What do they put out? That's the, def- that's the definitive. What do they put out as in? See, whether you and I um, know why they're doing it or why they're putting it out, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if they know. Hmm. what matters is what happens yeah the consequences yes so all the biggest things in the world are being controlled like the things which we see in our news headlines the the problems which the world is facing people are facing not the world the problems that people are facing all this stuff which gets covered and which gets sent to us and the major people who have control in which direction humanity is moving in are the minority Hmm. yeah it's the few who do versus the many who don't okay now the funny thing is the many who don't are satisfied that's why they're not doing anything Hmm. they understand they're fine with it they've made their peace and they're living their life and they're the ones who are happier it's but they don't get a say in which direction. Not that they don't get a say, but um, they're not the ones who are controlling which direction we're going in. Mm-hmm. And that is completely opposite to the idea which we believe 
the world works. We believe that it's democracy. Yeah. You know, it's the many who decide what the few do. That's not true. Exactly. It's the few who decide what the many do. Mm. That's such a contradiction in itself. I know, because it's completely different to what we yeah. believe to be how decisions are made. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's just how things are going to be. It's just going to be the few people who have the power mm. to do stuff. They'll do stuff. Um, and here's the thing. If you have a problem with it, go ahead. Do something. Uh, if you have a problem with... I want to put this metaphorically because I don't want to be too direct about it. Let's just think of your home for now, okay? Okay. In your home, your mom is the one who makes all the decisions. Let's assume that. You have a family of five or ten and mm-hmm. your mom is a decision maker. Fine. You're not happy with the decisions she's making. What are you going to do about it? We can go ahead with it or... You can speak to everyone else in the house or the majority in the house and try to change how that works. Try to change your perspective, kick it out of the house. You can do a million things. What are you going to do? It's not about right or wrong. Right or wrong doesn't determine what the path we um, are headed towards. It's just what you want and are you willing to take action upon that? Because law, morality, all this stuff is just things which we have made up. Yeah. Things, rules which we have put in place just because we agree that they're rules. But they don't really apply to you if you don't want them to. Yeah, I don't think we agree with them. That's just something we've been conditioned to believe is real Mm -hmm. and required Mm -hmm. if we want to live in a society so i think we can talk about superstructure over here we can this will be a good time and i was thinking about how we should talk about it because i think it's an important term to mention yeah it's a word which can embody yeah this the second part of this conversation encapsulate a lot of things so we don't have to go on explaining okay I'll lay the foundation if you want. You can bring Go it home. It. Imagine a completely white space. Yeah. Completely white space. Kind of like Minecraft. You know what Minecraft is? Yeah. You know the game? Yeah. Clean slate. And in it, you yeah. have this giant crane. Hmm. Okay. You know, you've seen those cranes which lift stuff yeah. up. Yeah. I have. <laughs> as a matter of fact. <laughs> And you can choose to build whatever you want to build, whatever material you want, Mm. you have at your disposal. Yeah. So what are you going to build with that? You're asking me? Yeah, take it forward from there. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to build anything because I don't play games. You can hire people to build it for you. Can you? If you want. Good. Okay. Um, So what we mean by superstructure is all of the legal fictions in the world <laughs> okay go on what why no, do you laugh it was just it had nothing to do with what i just said <laughs> see i'm telling you i can it's bring not, it back okay I can bring go it for back. it no no you go ahead and then i'll relate it to what i said i've forgotten what i said you were saying legalities it's all the legalities which we have built all the legal fictions that we've built right so law um not even legal fictions, like even religion would come into that, I suppose. Government, uh, the fact that uh, 
you need to have a certificate to prove that you're born and if you don't then you're not born even when you're there mm-hmm. that's a little wacky okay. uh but all of that is super structure so i think we're talking about the difference between what humans have created f- created for a so-called convenience and what's truly essentially there nothing truly is essentially there mm-hmm. apart from maybe i don't know like the biological natural order of the you, world you can't be sure about that either yeah i suppose yeah so if if you the opposite of superstructure superstructure would be a blank slate yep yeah so that's why you can tie in that analogy yeah okay so you have this crane and with it you are building this ginormous structure out of a certain material fine mm-hmm. and we as human beings we live within that structure we climb from one of the um support beams to the other and then we just go all around mm-hmm. it and that's where we feel pain we feel joy we feel all these human emotions mm-hmm. within that superstructure now legality morality culture religion culture religion etiquette language language government movies, films art politics all of that becomes a part of the superstructure all of that is the superstructure it's this ginormous structure of meaning hmm. and rules which we have put together for the sake of um for whatever i don't know why and but imagine convenience i think um but it's funny how there are so many people who are not aware about it Yeah. That's why we are doing this podcast kind of. It's one of the reasons we're doing it is just to throw light on our perspective yeah. about it. So, morality, the mm-hmm. idea of right and wrong is completely fictional. Yeah. It's simply a narrative which <laughs> a lot of people have come to a consensus on. Killing mm-hmm. someone is bad. No, it's not. It's neither good nor bad. Yeah. It is what it is. human beings came together and said no we don't want this as a rule so it's it's bad a serial killer hmm and that percentage of the population schizophrenics crazy people right we as a society think that that's morally bad hmm for someone to be a serial killer to go ahead and kill all these people yeah. for whatever reason now the way i see it i take the morality out of it hmm and i try to understand why why is this person killing a yeah. lot of people now at first glance you'd say this guy is just mental this guy is cuckoo and maybe that is the case it is entirely possible but what is also possible is this kid grew up in a family yeah where let's say his father was father abused him Mom alcoholic alcoholic mom could have been a drug addict mom could have been i don't know a prostitute hmm. um then the dad decided to kill the mom whatever all anything that could have hmm. happened and this person who we are taking as our subject was at an age where their morality wasn't determined yet yeah and after the father killed the mom or the mom killed the father whatever they killed each other i don't know who, who cares whatever happened someone told the child that the way you can show someone you truly love them is, is by, by stabbing kill. them yeah. okay and then they get conditioned they're conditioned now yeah. they fall in love with you 
they grab a knife stab you stab you now if you were to look at it that way you can understand why he did that he mm. she they why they that why they would do that now yeah. does it make it right or wrong see that's a play on morality that's why morality is so iffy yes um and there's so much conflict which comes with morality right because look at religion yeah you know you have different ideas of morality yeah somebody who is an atheist doesn't believe that morality is derived from religion mm-hmm. religions themselves believe that morality is de- derived from different places because there's no agreement or consensus within religion itself that's why we have so many even if their main idea is pretty similar, similar. yes so here's the thing with morality morality only serves its own definition Hmm. And this statement you can apply to a lot of things in life and you'll see it to be true. If you apply this to anything super structural, hmm. it'll make sense. Now, let's go on to the second thing. Segue. So from morality, let's go to the meaninglessness. Okay. Words and language and morality and law, all of this only serves its own definition. Hmm. Because inherently nothing has a definition. Right. We, we assign it one. We assign definitions onto things. This statue If I were to see it as a 1 year old it would sh- just seem to me as a guy sitting. Hmm. But now when I look at the statue I know that that's Buddha. That's Buddha. He has a religion, he has a lot of teachings and hence I'm I'm going to behave differently towards it, yeah. you know. That's only because we're the ones who are giving meaning to things. Inherently everything is meaningless. Yeah. Now, if you really think about that, let's take it step by step. Language. Language is just us making sounds and putting symbols onto whatever. Individually, we're the people who is giving those sounds and all of this stuff meaning. Um, so, every story you've ever heard, every word anyone has ever spoken to you, any film that you may have watched, all of it inherently is void of meaning. Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? If you think about it, all the emotional manipulation which is happening to us, and I don't mean manipulation by someone else onto us, I mean manipulation we are doing onto ourselves, going through these phases in our lives. All of it is happening because we have deluded ourselves into believing that those things are real. Hmm. inherently they're not yeah none of it has any meaning you're the one who is giving it meaning fair you may not have been aware of it that doesn't make it not true yeah that is another layer of the superstructure which is a big one um because if you understand the depth of this idea then it's going to be very difficult to get to you yeah okay so that's the second thing next thing can be Oh god. God. Not oh god, like god. <laughs> What about god? So I think on a subconscious oh, level, yeah. Maybe I'm not talking about god through religion, I'm just talking about god as a concept right now. Okay. I think subconsciously everyone is aware that everyone is aware of the futility of everything, that everything is mean- meaningless, right? 
but maybe people can't cope with it and that's why you come up with concepts like god because then if you use that everything has meaning your life has meaning you know um keeping money in front of a statue has meaning yeah you know so that's that's another way that's extending it further it's like you are already giving meaning to everything and yeah. then you're giving meaning to that meaning as well right yeah um and it's good that you brought up god because the next thing i want to go to is religion here's the thing i think religion is good hmm just i know that it's n- neither good or bad but i think as a whole it's not bad i don't think it's too bad i don't think it's too good either but i think it's it's beautiful mm-hmm. conceptually i love the concept of religion i think it can be wonderful for you if you know how to use it as a tool um but obviously everyone there's always the percentage which goes to either of the extremes and i don't think either of the extremes are good for the purpose of um the evolution of consciousness mm-hmm. see there now i am someone who knows that there is no such thing as morality but mm-hmm. i just said that this is good why because i defined for what it is going to be mm-hmm. good for right it's not just good as in good good it serves a purpose so it's a purpose exactly right. so it's serving the definition which i gave yeah also that. if you step away from religion as the religions you know mm-hmm. and look at it as an ongoing proceed like a process mm-hmm. um which gives you meaning mm-hmm. which gives you joy fulfillment whatever structure structure yeah something to believe in yeah um it's not just your typical religions which which do that if religion functions as a procedure look at somebody who is a scientist like science is religion to them as 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 an you know as big an irony what did i say as big of an irony as big of an irony as that is in itself yeah you know because like science and religion are usually at opposing sides exactly yeah it's but it's contradictory almost in its implementation they are both quite similar hmm. and that happens with extreme extremes the extremes are actually closer together exactly than what they think it is what was the the analogy you spoke about had? a line and a circle i'll get to that yeah um i have it drawn over here the spectrum and the circle hmm right so this might not mean anything it was just a wild thought so you mm-hmm. have a spectrum and you have the two ends of the spectrum which are your extremes yeah. right and they're the furthest points mm-hmm. they're away from each other that's the maximum correct but then if you were to make that into a circle they're mm-hmm. the closest points they're right next to each other exactly right yep with this with this example with this way of um talking about it it kind of leaves it up to how people understand it but just through thinking about it um myself people who usually think they are very different are I'm actually very, very similar. similar it's just that finding the finding how they're similar is just a little mm-hmm. bit tricky now anyway religion um so yeah religion um whether you believe in it or you don't believe in it whatever that's fine um but it's just that it is a part of the superstructure i'm yeah. not saying that it's not true maybe it is true 
Jesus was the son of God. Um, all the stuff which uh, happened with Ganpati to Ganpati could Hap- be 100% true. Yeah. Who am I to know? Um, but yeah, just saying that that is a part of the superstructure too. Hmm. Because it's the human beings who have put that and made it a part of culture and how we think yeah. of things. If you implement this concept of the superstructure and are aware of it um, in the things you do and the things you consume and how you interact with people, mm-hmm. um, I think you just pull down this veil of illusion which has yep. been in front of you your entire life. This is a big one. Time. Hmm. Time is a part of the superstructure. Yeah. And yes. How did we miss that? We didn't. I just said it. <laughs> no. Initially. <laughs> oh, for the examples? Yeah. I was saving it. It was like... Oh. It was in my back pocket. So, uh, you'll notice that we have a watch here. That watch has emotional meaning to me. And that is an hourglass. glass. Yeah, we got the word. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing about time. Time is like one second, one nanosecond, mm-hmm. 60 seconds is one minute, 60 minutes is one hour. Who the hell came up with this? And That's probably the furthest superstructure has reached. It's so stupid. It doesn't make sense. Past, present, future. What? The concept of future is non-existent. Exactly. There is no such thing as the future, yeah. nor is there anything such as the past. There Everything is just, is just one present moment. Yeah, there's just one moment. And, yeah. um, you know, people talk about being present in the moment. Mm. Where else are you going to be present? Exactly. You can't be present anywhere else. It's just this. Um, so, yeah, time is a complete and utter fabrication. Very useful. Mm. But still fabricated. See, again, it serves the purpose of convenience, as does, does. every other, th- other thing in superstructure. Science in general. Science is all about measurement mm. and prediction and all this stuff. Um, but my problem with it, not my problem, but the thing which doesn't hit me when it comes to science and when it comes to the modern take on explaining reality Mm. because that's what science is trying to do it's trying to physics is trying to do at least it's explained reality that's the thing which scientists are striving towards they're trying to unravel the veils of uh, reality pull down the wall so that we can see how it's working science doesn't really tell you what things are it just it's like it makes you i don't know how to describe it but You're never going to understand anything in its entirety through science. You'll understand how it works. You'll understand how we can manipulate it. You'll understand how to measure it. But you won't know what it is. Truly. Truly. Capital T. Yes. You won't know. Um, But yeah, time is a big part of it. Like past, present, future. All of it is happening now. Um, Then, like, do it. Think of the implications of this in our lives. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. We have our schedules. We have things which are going to happen at 9.30. That we're planning for. Then our mind holds on to this idea. Hmm. And and so what what you're doing when you hold something which isn't here now... Is you're letting go of what's actually there. Here now. You're going into something else. And that's what being crazy is called. Yeah things um 
which aren't real you perceive them to be real you hold on to them that's the definition of insanity that's it's so frustrating because even people who are aware of it you mm-hmm. and i were aware of it that it's a construct right but even now i'm i'm applying to colleges for the future correct and i feel like so, so hypocritical doing that yep you know yep. that's 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 that goes on to say how much superstructure actually affects you it does you know? because uh, that's just how things are yeah. like coming back to what i said it's not about what's right or wrong it's not about any of that stuff it's just about what people Accepting do as is what people do and yeah. what people have done is this they want time to be a thing they want anything to be a thing they want education to be a mm-hmm. thing the way that it is that's how things are and you and i we get to either join it or if we don't like it we can not yeah. join it and do our own thing yeah. it's completely up to us yeah it's it's great that you brought up time because i'm thinking about that now it's so ingrained just even in our subconscious as yeah. a superstructural concept it can be it can be yeah if uh, unless you actually pluck it out hmm. it can be so yeah it's hard i think that's the hardest time uh to get rid of you you'll not completely get rid of it to become aware of at all times why do you laugh laugh left because it's one of the most simple things to understand when it comes to superstructure yeah. like if you were to get into some of the more advanced stuff hmm. i don't i don't want to get into it really because i think it'll be too much for now but i will say i'll just headline it i just warmed up man what the <laughs> No because I was going to talk about like Okay. What? Okay, fine. Let's talk about it. So time. The stuff which we mentioned now up till now it was possibly things which if you think about you'll see. Hmm. From this point onwards we're going to dive into a realm of speculation and things which will sound absurd at face value. Hmm. Because they are. They are absurd. and that is how things are hmm um we have an idea it's our conditioning um when we're growing up as kids that there's a th- way things are and that's the way things are yeah that good is good bad is bad you try to do what's good stay away from the bad hmm. whatever was considered good or bad that's up to what your parents told you what yeah. your teachers told you what your conditioning was but that's how things are right one thing which i i'm willing to bet most people don't include in that world view is things are complicated the universe is made of paradoxes and it's and contradictory nuances. and yeah. nuances it doesn't make sense hmm and that's just how things are yeah now this being the preface to this next part of it let's get into it what should we start with okay i'll start with this you don't exist yep okay okay so that statement the way i just made it is exactly what i mean people think that they are these individual identities individual people so you're the person who's sitting there this is the person who's sitting here as a separation as a sep- yeah yeah and this is clearly me this entire body is mine that entire body is yours 
um, you get to live your life with your ideas with your parents with your 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 mm-hmm. your whatever what i'm saying is there is no you to begin with there is nothing that is yours um the body which you are living in is not yours let me explain i think we can illustrate that with the map of con was it the grid of consciousness we'll get into that okay for now let's just take it step by step so when you think of me as a person when you think of you as a person if i were to ask you okay who and what are you hmm an answer would be okay so i'm this body which is sitting right here hmm. this hand is mine this voice is mine the ideas my thoughts they're mine and i am this person sitting in the control room which is called the brain and i'm doing all this stuff okay firstly how do you define your body is yours because we know biologically speaking you were made from sperm and ovum hmm. the sperm wasn't yours it was your dad's the ovum wasn't yours it was your mom's the genes aren't yours they're your ancestors hmm. um so why do you get to say this body is yours you don't own it right we think we own it because that's what we're told super structurally yes um so that'll be number one you don't own your body it's just there if anything you could say your parents own their your body but then who owns their body hmm. their parents and just keep going back like this now when do you think when do you start to believe that you exist you're given a name everyone calls you by that name yeah they point at you and say that's ali that's tanya identifiability yes So then what happens is we begin to identify with that sound that sound the perception yeah um the the character almost we identify with the feeling of this hmm. with that name hmm so the feeling of whatever is going on here we think that that is us right why why do you think that's you Who said that's you? It's I mean some someone said that's you but why do you believe that? Mhm. Just because someone pointed at you and said that it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, I think you can also go on to you believe it's you because when you're told it's you you're at such a gullible stage in your life. Mm-hmm. Maybe gullible is an incorrect word. Mhm. But defenseless you could say defenseless and i don't mean defense in a negative way but mm-hmm. just yeah reboot yeah open and just a glass to be filled in right and if you're being filled in with things like that you're not going to resist that mhm and that be- that's conditioning essentially right. and that's what you've been doing your entire life so like it's It's interesting to talk about how can you resist that because it almost seems impossible because of the superstructure yes. unless you start raising people differently. Correct. Right? Yep. Um you know, we could look at it this way. So people think that their body, right? Hmm. Now this is my body. If I was to cut a finger off, would there be less of me? 
Hmm. Interesting. Right. I'd say no because even if I didn't have any fingers, if even if I didn't have limbs, I would still, still exist. Yeah, exactly. Right? So that's very interesting. Yeah, that's just that goes to show that people if you're identified with your body, hmm. then that's not entirely accurate. You're not just the body. So does tangibility of something uh, make it hyper real to someone? Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe. Okay. Let's go forward with this. The same way that we think the body is ours, what if I were what if I was conditioned to believe that this glass is me? Hmm. Entirely possible. Yeah. If you look at the logic. Stick with me because this does it is an idea which is very radical. Yeah, just remember it's looking at it through Lo- the lens of conditioning. Yeah. Right? Just stick with it. The same way I got identified with this quote unquote physical object called my hand is me. What if someone was to give me this glass and say that okay this glass is a part of you and is you. Yeah. It would be. Because that's what being that's what's being fed to you. Exactly. That's what yeah. I believe. Hmm. How do I know if it's true or not? See, you you use the word belief. Mm-hmm. Whatever you believe is the truth to you. Yep. Right? You can believe anything. Mm. You can believe you fly and you're going to be flying to yourself. Depends on how you define fly. Yeah. Yeah. How your definition um, serves that. But yeah. So let's say this glass is a part of me. Um, does that make it true? Everyone knows that no. Obviously this glass isn't a part of you. Hmm. Obviously. How is that possible? What are you even saying? Are you dumb? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, here's what I'm saying. That glass is you. Yeah. So is that notebook. So is the person sitting in front of you. Um, anything, everything is you the thing is you got identified with your body and your thoughts and all this stuff and you started to believe that that was you hmm. you, you use the word open yeah when you were a kid you're open and all this stuff you're open because there unconsciously you know just because you don't think about it, this idea isn't there in your mind about being identified and when you're not identified, you treat everything as though it is you. Mm. Like you see children picking up sand, eating it, and That's hugging fine stuff. To them. Yeah. Unless they're told that don't do that. Yep. They said that's bad. Don't yeah. do that. But in fact, that's the most natural thing because it occurred to them without anybody saying that. You yeah. Know? That w- there was no instruction to eat the sand. Mm-hmm. They're just doing it. Right. That's so... That's unmanipulated. <sighs> yep. But then saying don't eat the sand is obviously manipulation. Yeah, so what you're doing is you're drawing a line in the sand. Yeah. Mm. You're drawing Good a line one. in the sand saying that, okay, this thing is not you and this is you. Yeah. Right? So there's that. And that's where identification starts. Yeah. And we begin to identify misidentify ourselves as Mm. though we exist now i'm saying that you don't exist i'm not entirely i haven't gone fully down this path and i don't know the entirety of who i am but 
what I am 100% sure of is that um, I am not limited to this body. Yeah. I know that I am everything else which I can see, hear, touch, smell. All of that is me. Um, Yeah, then let's let's talk about individuality that because obviously individuality is tied into identity and people hold identity really close to them yeah okay. and that's a massive illusion yes and i think that's why there's fear and mm-hmm. that's why there's illusion yep so individuality individuality mm-hmm. let's look at it that way so what is duality duality is the existence of one and the other a dichotomy yes the first life we're told in our lives i'm not sure if it's the first life but one of the biggest lies we're told in our lives is two hmm ah that's Zero, interesting one it's fine because they're the same thing hmm. two is a lie yeah there's no such thing as two unless you create that which hmm. is what we have done we have created the notion of this being separate from that right and that's what the that's what two means just because you see an outline to something doesn't mean that it's separate from the thing which is not yeah. outlined with. Just because it's Buddha, I can move it around on the table doesn't mean that it's separate from the table. Yeah. It's like the it's still existing within the same mm. space. Yeah. Um, so individuality. So we've been conditioned to believe that this is you. Everything outside of that is the universe. Mm-hmm. So you're already at such a young age creating that divide and divorcing yourself from the universe yes right yes divorcing yourself that's pretty cool but how are you separate from the universe if you are existing within it exactly you're not see that in itself you're saying you're existing within it Hmm. so what about what is outside of it what is outside of the universe is there an outside of it no there is nothing else other than okay the universe because the Mm. universe itself is nothing right okay so that's one of the more um complex and advanced ones that Mm. you don't exist how is that superstructurally relevant it's because the opposite is fed to you in the superstructure and it's a part of it identity is a part of it so we can say that let's bring in the grid of consciousness over here Okay. Right. So if you equate consciousness to the universe, it's one and the same, right? And then you can imagine a grid, and at all the intersecting points are different. What's the plural of consciousness? It is plural already. Numerous co- consciousnesses. Consciousnesses. <laughs> yeah. So they intersect at points, hmm. and that's what people think is a separation Mm -hmm. but in fact it's a part of the whole yeah right see that it's extremely tricky extremely difficult to understand i mean difficult and easy both again serve their own definitions because if something is easy for you then it's easy for you if it's Mm. difficult for me what's easy for you is difficult for me then it's just difficult for me so Mm. nothing is inherently easy or difficult Uh, but you don't know like you just it's hard to feel this in your presence and in your life to come across these ideas and then understand oh wait a second this is how it is like we're saying that you don't exist 
how do you begin to wrap your head around that right yeah. it's extremely contradictory and that's just how it is but then you won't know unless you strive yeah. to be able to understand it like what you're saying right now about the grid of consciousness that think of these lines the grid lines as energy mm. and at each intersecting point is the perception of reality and individual perception of reality okay. so that point of intersection through that point you get to peek and see the physical realm mm. okay okay now how the fuck do i know that i don't i don't know that but that's just how i perceive it yeah you can go on trying to understand this mm-hmm. forever possibly yeah and that's the thing the sooner you accept that you really don't know is the sooner at peace you'll be with it because for somebody who hasn't been exposed to these thoughts mm-hmm. and seems so radical right just saying it that you don't exist because that's contradictory to everything you know yes or you've been conditioned with you think you know you think you know but if you think about this and just let it sit it's first of all it's going to drive you a little crazy but then later it it just calms down and that's the calmest you'll ever feel yeah. just in acceptance of the fact that you won't ever know maybe possibly possibly yeah. you can could possibly you don't know. even know that that you won't know forever maybe you will maybe you will maybe you won't yeah um so yeah individuality and duality so nothing is separate from the universe mm. like um stars aren't separate from the space which surrounds it they're actually the same thing mm. it's just that that's how nothing looks yeah now this brings us to the name why did we choose to call this the i don't know podcast because we couldn't think of a better name no that's <laughs> not true we did think of other names but none of them encapsulated what we're trying to do here's the thing but i don't know in life in current life the way the world is going it's very easy to fall prey to the delusion of knowing yeah you can believe that you know how things work you can believe that you know how people function you can come up with different definitions of what love is how you want to be loved anything which causes which you think is going to bring you a lot of joy or it might end up being bringing you a lot of suffering you could choose to live that way and it is completely your choice but if you really dig deeper you'll un- you'll begin to see that how fickle the superstructure mm. is because it only exists if you are allowing it to yes that's a very good way to put it 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 only exists if you imagine that there's a ground and if you imagine there's the crane holding the superstructure up as soon as you dig into the ground you'll see that it's a sh- it's just a few feet in and then once you make a hole in it it all collapses 
and it There's all nothing. starts falling into infinity into yeah. the void into the universe like imagine that there's just something in the giant space of whiteness in the middle of it and it's falling constantly uh so yeah the thing is i have reached the conclusion in my life that i admit that i don't know what things truly are and anything that i do believe which i may be unconsciously believing when i am aware of it i'll understand that okay this was me holding on to the idea that i haven't questioned and it it's just something which i'm choosing to believe in yeah but i know that i know that i don't know hmm i don't even know that but yeah that's why i thought of the name why did you think of the name i think the process of trying to find out whatever you want to find out whatever you seek whatever you're in pursuit of is very frustrating because it almost seems as though you end up in the same place right you it's cyclical almost and i can see how that wears you down hmm. and it's so easy to relinquish everything there and so for me um that was a pattern that was a part of my life just because i was just trying to know things mm-hmm. you know why is this like this why is that like that but then in just saying that i didn't know anything that was that was such a heavy weight which, which was just lifted off of me mm. right and contradictory to that i realized in accepting that i don't know anything truly i feel as though i'm trying to get somewhere in knowing things yeah so it falls in itself exactly and that is the reason why we came up with the name the i don't know podcast because that is yeah. what we're trying to embody yeah. through our conversations i mean that is what we embody on the day to day anyway yeah. so you know having conversations with you about all of these things things which make you seem so small um and even trivial things at the end of it no matter how much you think about it you know we would just say oh, but i don't know yeah right you can do these insane deep dives yeah. into f- complex ideas and in the end hopefully you'll reach the and it's not I don't just know phase of it complex ideas it's it's also something that seems so simple like m- it's not simple to me but math equations conceptually yeah. it's so objective right and it's either this or it's or it's incorrect there's nothing there's no possibility other than that one answer mm-hmm. um i think that is yeah you know like yeah like think of it um I this is but this is not me trying to say i'm good at math like no that's we, we both aren't i mean look at it this way i think 48 plus 99 equals to 1 hmm anything any equation the answer is always 1 because they are one to begin with yeah and if you add 1 and 1 truly you'll only get 1 yeah you're assigning 
all of these meanings to each number and that goes on for infinity you have assigned meaning to infinity mm. right when all of them are exactly the same the same thing that's so funny um and i'm i'm going to let's wrap it up with this so that this will be the setup for the next episode so grappling with these ideas and grappling with the concept of i don't know can be daunting hmm um admitting your own denial admitting that you don't you don't know and you will never know what is absolutely right and absolutely wrong hmm will leave you feeling empty at least that's how i felt when i had that when i got hit with the uppercut of <laughs> truth in the ring of life in the ring of life and it can makes make life seem extremely meaningless extremely open and that can scare you yeah it can be terrifying because you're so used to certainty that when there's none and give you the heebie-jeebies it does give you the heebie-jeebies so we're going to do this we're going to what is it? this is the cliffhanger for the next episode mm. your life is entirely meaningless but yeah. that is the most beautiful mm. thing ever yeah we'll get into that in the next episode see you later folks see you tanya bye bye it's nice talking to you